You are listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Karina Manashil. This podcast is supported by the Yan Molshowski Foundation. When I started reading the mailroom at WME, and the process within most of these agencies is that you start in the mailroom, you start floating, which means that you essentially temp assist any desk where an assistant is out for an hour, a day, a week, a month, whatever period a desk needs to be covered for. And from there, you start interviewing for agents. And once you end up on your first desk, that's a great first step. And generally how the process moves is that you then move up desk into a coordinator position and off to being an agent. It did offer all of the things that were promised at starting in an agency, which felt like the graduate school of the film business, a real understanding where you're at the center. So within the agency, you have this opportunity to see the full scope. Scott is A, the most beautiful, kind, good-hearted man, but also he's brilliant. He's a generator of ideas. I feel like by being next to him, your role is to take all of these concepts that he's crafting and ideating and bring them to fruition. So it's a really beautiful gift where you feel like you're paired with an artist who is the source of so much. Scott was also really important to me in a lot of ways from our very beginning. So when I started representing Scott was October 2016, and he was already a client of the agency on the music side, and I wanted to work with him and raise my hand and was invited to the group. And at that point, it was right before he went to rehab for depression. Nobody at WME had his phone number and everything went through his manager. And right when he came out of that, it felt like Scott and I found each other at this kismet moment where he was in a place where he was ready for life to really begin again and find happiness and all of it. And I was in a place where I was starting my career and looking for that kind of soulmate in the business. So Intergalactic tells the story of a Black modern love story in New York City. It's simple in its core. So it tells the story of Jabari, who's a character, graffiti artist in New York City, and Cosmic Comics has decided to option his character and turn it into a comic book. So he's at this point in his life where he is moving into the loft apartment of his dreams. Everything seems to be working for him when he meets Meadow, who's his neighbor. And she's this amazing woman, photographer, coolest cat on the planet. And essentially this show follows their meet cute and their love story and the will they won't they of if they'll end up together. So there's something very warm in its aesthetic. But what's so interesting is that the love story is very nostalgic. It, it just harkens back to what a good romance feels like. And what was interesting watching it for the first time was I didn't realize how much I missed seeing that from the U.S. It was interesting because Pearl and X are so different. X, you felt the ensemble. There was, you know, the cool of the 70s and of what these characters and who they are and what they're doing. With Pearl, I really feel like you were understanding a performance piece with me as this in North Star, extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary actors at the center that had reminded me of Faye Dunaway at points. Like she was so unbelievably excellent because and you're watching her journey knowing that she's going to unravel and why this is. And what really struck me about Pearl, I wondered if this line stuck out to you is the part where Pearl is talking to her mother and her mother tells her, you know, we go in and when you fail and you will, I want you to remember the feeling of that because that's the feeling every time I look at you. And that line like took me to core and it blew me away that I, maybe this is reserved to a lot of women that I know, I feel like this is something that feels a little universal, understood the one thing a daughter wants more than anything is her mother's love. Her father, it's okay, but the mother, there's something that you just need the acceptance and approval from your mother to feel complete 
And Ty saw that. And I feel like because of that, you're watching her murder the love interest, the mother, the father, and then going into her dance audition. And you're still rooting for her to win. It was so, so well nuanced and so smartly laid out. So in terms of things that Scott's developing, I kid you not, he called me one day and said, hey, we're going to, let's write a pilot. And within a week, the process of how he writes now is we literally sit on the phone and he tells me, top of his head, everything that happens in pages and scenes and, and dialogue and all of it. And I quickly type it in notes, convert it to script, send him the pages, we look it over and then move over to the next. So within a week, he wrote this pilot that now we're in negotiations on that would be an opportunity for him to star as a comedy. So this is just a typical Scott. All that Ty does things that sound absurd. Scott also pulls off the absurd as well. And there's a plethora of other projects and other arenas. Like I mentioned, we're working on a video game. We're working on a comic book. There's a few different movies that Scott has ideated and created that we're getting into negotiations on and starting to set up. So we're working on this piece also in terms of another artist that we brought into the fold. There's this incredibly, incredibly talented artist, Jaron Braxton, who is 27 years old from Indiana and basically wanted to started making music when he was young and wanted to create cool music videos and self-taught himself animation. His animation erupted and he created a very distinct style that pulled from 2000s video game aesthetics, very cubism, abstract, like hype, cool. And his career took off where he was one Sundance with his first film and continued on the kind of film trajectory, but also started working in the culture space. And he worked on Virgil's show. His artwork was featured in Christie's first NFT auction with Takashi Murakami. And he's become talked about in this space. And he had an idea for his directorial debut, which now we're putting together alongside Ron and our partner, Alex Lepovici. So the kind of the next wave is very wide, a lot of different projects and a lot of different spheres. And a lot of it, a la Intergalactic, bringing Scott's peers into the fold. So we have a project with Jaden Smith. We're talking to Sam Levinson about more. I mean, it's that circle of recurrence that's definitely continued with what is plated out to be. I find myself often being the fan when it comes to him and music because Scott has a degree of confidence about his choices and the newness that I feel you, you either have that or you don't. And it's something that I feel like I get experienced through him because there's choices that he will make that I could never even think of. So there's something deliberate about the, what it's supposed to sound like. And then we look at an artist in music, DJ Kikuddy at his origin, and he was able to come up with his own sound. There was a sense of freedom at the very beginning of the process. However, now what comes that once you've heard an artist, heard their sound, there's an expectation of repetition. Like I know what they're supposed to sound like and that's what I want to hear. So there's a little bit of... Uh, a knee-jerk when things change too much. So what was really interesting for us on the film side is in the creative process of Intergalactic, which is a love story, Scott bought a right, a love album, which if you heard just on its own, Kid Cudi puts out a love album, you're like, what? That was not, that wasn't what I expected from Kid Cudi. He's just to do all love songs. But because of Intergalactic, he was liberated by a project to do something that ended up being unexpected. So I think... You know, process-wise in terms of what does Scott do, sits in the studio, ideates, all of it, all of those things are still organic to both. But interestingly, the creativity for a project gave him a little bit more looseness than what the expectations are of Kit Cudi. So, and I guess this is also the beauty of animation is that things could get trippy and move into space. 
and get incredibly colorful and fluid when you're in these moments of music because the sonic experience moves the visual one. I suppose it's a little bit different for a project, but the music loosens the visuals and the visuals loosen the music. I think in terms of creative challenges and partnering, I know this sounds so glass half full optimistic, but we've been really fortunate that we haven't come to any challenges in terms of butting heads with any of the artists that we've worked with. And maybe that is a completely blessed experience and knock on wood, like how did that happen for so long up until this point? But it really has been something of true collaboration with each of the partners on our projects. There's a lot of incumbent on him in order for that to come together. And in the process of film and TV and all of these other arenas, one of the pieces he was so excited about is that it wasn't all on him. So with Galactic as an example, he had the idea and then Kenny Barris comes into the fray and then we sell it to Netflix and they're in the fray and then we need to hire our showrunners Ian Adelman and Maurice Williams come to the fray and then we need our animation director Fletcher Wolf comes in and then that opens 350 animators all over the world in this expansive team then Purple comes and Paws and all of these people who become the cast a part of Intergalactic. And what was so moving was when we went into Netflix to the theater to screen the finished product for the first time, we're sitting there and at the end of it, Scott was crying. And I looked over, it made me cry, love you, but Scott was crying and he said, this completely blows my mind because this is the first time I had a vision up here in my head and then had to trust all 300 plus people all around the world working in different time zones from different places and each of them putting a hand to it and seeing exactly that vision and then watching the product and it is the best version of anything I could have ever possibly had in my head. So to us, that's the purest, most beautiful, most, uh, you know what, in my career, I felt like one of my many blessings, first his family, so we'll put that aside, but one of my many blessings coming up was I felt like I just had people knocking me into the right straight line. You know, whether it was speaking to Chapman, my one of my last professors there, Harry Upland, who made it so definitively clear that an agency was a path for me, to ending up at WME, to working for Andrew White's and TV talent, and having these moments that weren't in advance all thought out. There wasn't some grand master plan that TV is going to change into this moment and I'm going to be there and all, and then I'm going to meet Kid Cudi and all of these things are going to happen. It just became those bumps that people just knock you into the straight line. And I suppose if I had any guidance, just be open to those mentors and to those little shifts and those little knocks and take the ride and enjoy it. Uh, because there's something really beautiful about the people around you who have your best interests at heart. And when you find those people, just the places that you can end up can be so much bigger than what your expectations would have been. I'm Iraqi Iranian Jewish. So I remember growing up where the movie that felt most reflective of our family was My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which it's great. They're not the same, but it was so close. Talking about the lamb and we have Nick, 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 Nicky and my family, surely, 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 Saul. And there was just, it felt like, oh my God, this feels like my, like seeing that. And the second part of that was Rami and seeing Rami Yusuf, who's Egyptian, New York, and then Iraqi, LA Jew. I, I feel like I've had these moments within the business, but seeing Rami felt like 
content is renewed, all of a sudden there's a whole new world that's open simply because he was wanting to tell his story. And I would love to see a million more opportunities of that. And I would love to be involved in fostering opportunities like that. And I found it to be so inspiring to see content like that. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.